Welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast for freelancers that tackles your freelancer issues one problem at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I run The Wheel Exists, which is a Squarespace web design business. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Pratt, and I run a personal development and training business for self-employed people and freelancers called Dive Deeper Development. And uh, today we're, we're tackling a common challenge that freelancers face. Katie, I know you meet new, new freelancers every single week. And as I say, a common theme that comes up is one of feeling a bit isolated. Um, but yeah, we're always networking and meeting lots of people. So why is isolation a problem, do you think? I think it's something that is, like you say, really common for freelancers when they're just starting out, but also once they've been in business for a little while as well. And it is a bit of a strange one because as a freelancer, you can kind of go where you want and see who you want. So like, why do you feel isolated? But that was definitely something that I experienced when I went freelance. And it's actually why I ended up setting up the freelance folk co-working sessions because I was quite looking forward to being at home and having all that time and just kind of sitting at my computer. In my previous job, I'd had to go to quite a lot of like corporate networking event type things and they're just not for me. And there was a running joke where I used to work where I'd say, oh, I hate people. And everyone would laugh because clearly I don't hate people. I literally run a network full of people. But I, I just found it a bit, it just wasn't my kind of people and I really hated it and I was really looking forward to then not having to interact with people I can meet wherever I want yeah I could just control it but then when you're at home when you're first starting out you're doing a lot of focus on the you know kind of marketing and and the delivering the actual work and sometimes you actually forget to go and kind of keep forging those meaningful connections and if you're used to working in an office environment it's quite a change I think to then go from working from from home so after a while I found myself kind of yeah feeling like I was going a little bit kind of mad at home and um, so I started going out to coffee shops thinking okay well you know there's loads of freelancers there I've seen them on their laptops I'll talk to them but actually it was very hard to engage people in conversations I tended to just get a lot of strange looks of like why are you looking at me strange lady um and so that that was what prompted me to set up the sessions because I recognized that I had that need to connect to people I think yeah um so yeah I don't know if it was the physical isolation or or that I just didn't have a network I don't know is it something you've experienced as well yeah well see I I love being around people and I that's where I get my creativity from that's where I can make energy from you know sort of uh, chatting across the desk to other people I struggle to work without it so if I am working from home uh, two to three days on the bounce which I quite often do I will get cabin fever very very quickly but the problem is when that happens I start to withdraw within myself and then the very thing I need to do is the thing I least feel like doing so for me being around other people it is really important and without it I feel um probably quite practically isolated but also quite mentally isolated as well you get very stuck in your own head I think and we all do need to be lifted out of that from time to time as a result my wife sometimes when she comes home it's like hi how was your day then I start going (laughs) and the poor woman gets attacked with every minor thing that happened which I'm sure in the grand scheme of her life is really not that interesting or the postman turns up at your door and you're trying to make a conversation while he's shuffling away (laughs) sorry and I think that's really interesting that you're saying actually that even though you really love being around people and that's where you get your energy from, if that energy gets to the point where it's too depleted, you then actually don't have the energy to go and interact with 
people almost no I think the longer it goes on if you shut yourself away even if it's you know you have loads of work to focus on and there's loads of things you could or should be doing I I find the longer that continues the harder I find it to pick up the phone or to go out and go to a meeting and I think also if I find if um, if I lack that interaction interaction with other people, my productivity slows. So then you've got more work to do. Then you think, well, I, well, I'd love to, but I really should stay at home and carry on and do more work. Yeah. Um, I haven't really got time to be making phone calls and going for <laughs> coffee. So you can create the self perpetuating, well, a bit, a bit of a cycle or a bit of a downward spiral very easily. I think. And that's really interesting as well that you said it. Almost sounds like you see it as a luxury sometimes when when you're in that that position where you feel really kind of drained of energy and you don't really want to talk to anybody. It, it seems like you know oh, that that would be you know that would take up too much time but actually that's a really important part of of yeah. looking after yourself and, and developing the business and everything as well isn't it yeah I definitely recognize that now and I've started to recognize when I'm isolated and I've started to recognize getting really good at recognizing the signs of knowing when I need to get out whether or not I feel inclined to do so and I think that's something I've started to do a lot better and I think as well it's it's not just finding any old people like I was saying at first you know I used, I used to work with people a lot in a networking setup but it's not necessarily finding any people to talk to I think it's also finding the right people to talk to and yeah the people that actually do give you that energy and I think as well if, you, if you're not it's, it's not just the kind of talking to people and getting your energy I think it's just in general when you're freelancing if you're used to being in an office environment and you've got you, you know, you used to have all those people where you could bounce ideas off them and kind of just kind of collaborate with them. And then all of a sudden everything is kind of on you. That's isolating too as well. I think regardless of where you get your energy from, being the sole decision maker for everything in the business I think feels quite isolating too. I think it puts a lot on you and you are very much going out on a limb or going out on your own when you do that. And I I noticed something I've noticed, I was just at a networking event I was telling you last week, I met someone and um, we were just having this conversation. It's like when you leave employment or education for some people, you, you know, you celebrate this freedom going, woohoo, I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can choose my coworkers. I can choose my crowd. I can choose how long I work, when I work, where I work. So we have all this freedom, but to borrow uh, a phrase which I think from came from Voltaire and not Spider Man, <laughs> with great power becomes great responsibility. What? You've just blown my mind. Yeah, but I don't think it was a Spider Man original that one. Um, I'm so upset. <laughs> but um, or it might even be a bit older than that. But you suddenly you can do anything you want to do, and you can choose anything. But now you have the weight of making the mental load of making that decision. And you're kind of on your own because no one can tell you what you want or no one can tell you what's best for you. You've kind of got to figure that out. And I was speaking to someone who was quite quite a bit younger and and just saying it's probably not something you think about before because we go through education and, and we are told where to go, when to go there and who to associate with, who's in our peer group, um, who leads us, and then we follow it. And then you go into employment and they tell you, right, here are your co-workers, here's your office, here's what you're working on, here is your goals, your focus. And I think when you become self-employed, you have to decide those things for yourselves and you've probably never had to. So if you ask someone, well, who is your crowd? Where do you find your crowd? Or what is your purpose? Or what are you really passionate about? When it's all been given to you or decided for you, that's a hell of a lot to dump on someone. <laughs> in one hit so it can take a while to find it and I think they say the weight of doing that can feel quite isolating and another thing that comes up a lot is that um if you're our age or or even if you're a bit younger actually you know or your family your friends they probably have nine to five jobs or 
they have jobs anyway yeah. and socially I think we're still quite in the minority so as you probably know well you know yourself Katie people don't always understand your life and that's definitely something I think we're going to talk about as one of the 99 problems in a future episode is how do you explain what you do to family and friends when they're just it's just a different world to them they can't relate I mean they mean well yeah yeah I mean yeah mine I I, that was something I really struggled with and and actually especially and, and I think I touched on this in our imposter syndrome episode on episode one is is because I was because I was going from a what was ostensibly a job in sustainability to being a web designer I had that imposter syndrome kicking in so it was also the like well what are people going to think if I suddenly tell them that I'm a web designer when to the, for their own tips and purposes they just got their head around the fact that I was in something to do with the environment and actually the reality is I was doing web stuff when I was in that job but I hadn't bothered to tell anybody because it would have confused them even more <laughs> so then it was a real shock so yeah I think that is definitely that that isolation amongst your kind of your peer group or your family who just like you say they're probably supportive but they don't really understand it and they probably just tell you how brave you are that's that seems to be the yeah. main thing that people are, well how lucky oh, you are you get to have coffee <laughs> <laughs> so I think that is definitely definitely yeah. another way of being isolated where you've got that kind of you're actually surrounded by people but but no one really kind of understands what you're going through or you're not really connecting with them. So yeah. I think there's like a ton of reasons why it is something that's very relevant to freelancers in particular. I'm sure there are people in jobs who also feel a bit isolated when oh, they're yeah, like, definitely. you know, the, the competent person in the otherwise paper-pushing company, I'm sure feels isolated too. And uh, But I think, yeah, for freelancers, it's yeah. so many ways that it can creep in. So what can we do about it? It's interesting. Do you know it's interesting? You just said, just go about that. You said employed people probably get it. Do you, do you know I do um, workshops on uh, working from home, working productively uh, when you're working remotely? Um, and uh, yeah, employed people are finding this too because now they're, they're being, they have to book their own desk. Of course, the, the traditional office is disappearing, the nine to five is disappearing. So yeah, this is becoming a more widespread problem. Now you mentioned something earlier that I thought was really interesting. You talked about finding your crowd and, and going and meeting people, but you also talked about creating meaningful connections. And I think this it really comes down to, to part of it. So you can be surrounded by people in a coffee shop um, and feel isolated still. You can walk down the street to get interaction with people, but not really feel it and um you can create a network of freelancers around you and yes you know we we whatsapp with a group (laughs) of people and you can contact people on social media and yes they'll always answer your questions or or be there for you but you can still feel isolated and i was starting to think well why do we feel isolated despite the fact that we're more more connected than ever and there's a few reasons so we'll touch on some of those um in this podcast today Um, but i've read something really interesting recently which really really kind of provided a bit of a more scientific answer and I was reading a book by David Rock I was reading Your Brain at Work and he talks about the final title Your Brain at Work yeah because it works on both levels like the new Doctor Who title uh, the new Doctor Who advertising have you seen it it's about time Ah, female doctor. Um, yeah, your brain at work, and he literally does talk about your brain at work, but also how your okay. brain works. And he talks about the neuroscience, and he was he was talking about how what happens when we're interacting with people face to face. 
And he says, we have something called mirror neurons. And he says, um, when someone else um, does an intention, intentional action, so not something they randomly do, but if let's say you were sat here and you were picking up a glass Mm. and, and bringing it to your mouth and take a sip of water, there are mirror neurons. So the neurons in my brain would go through the same pattern or create the same map as you you are so that what's going on in your brain picking up the glass of water those same neurons would fire in my brain too just as if i was having the same experience as you what? yeah that's really <laughs> crazy and um basically this is one of the simple things we are social creatures by nature so even those who say they hate people <laughs> you need people even if it's just some people either you need that interaction it's been part of our survival over the years so the idea is that these mirror neurons fire off to help create connections so I can have a sort of neurological experience where I'm not um, empathizing with your experience, but I'm having the same experience as you. And this is one of the ways in which we create connections and bonds. And this relatedness, as he calls it in his scarf model, is, is something that all people need as essential survival. And he says there's an argument that says that that connection, that, that feeling part of a tribe, um, is every bit as essential to our survival as, as having shelter, as having food, as having physical security and safety, which is really interesting. And that just really got me thinking, if if we need, if this is how we create bonds with other people, and this is essential to our feeling of well-being and survival, then what does that mean for the way that we work? And if you think about it, if I sit with you face to face, those mirror neurons fire, we have a connection, I get that sense of being connected to someone. If we Skype or video call in some way, then I p- could probably have that to an extent. Well, that was what I was going to ask. Was, yeah, yeah. Does, does that still apply? Is it a visual thing or is it literally like a kind of physical proximity it's thing. interesting. I'm guessing there is a visual visual stimulus yeah. to that there, so I can see you. The problem then is if I phone you, um, he does talk briefly about the audio experience. I can do it kind of to an extent, but not really as much. Um, so therefore I start to lose the depth of that connection. And of course, if we text each other or message each other or email each other, then that's not happening at all. So we might be communicating and answering each other's questions or giving each other moral support, but that doesn't replace that need to actually meet people and and connect with them, which is why I think uh, a lot of people are um, connected to so many people digitally, but not actually feeling um, connected. They're feeling isolated and lonely. So it's something we have to be aware of. I think that is the thing, you know, that's that's something that is talked about a lot, isn't it? That that a lot of people, like you say, you know, they've, they've got the Instagram conversations happening, they're chatting to people on Twitter, they're in a Facebook group, but like you say, they just don't, they still have that, 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 that feeling that there is a need that's not being met, I yeah. suppose. I think that is, that's how it feels to me if I haven't spoken to people other than through kind of online digital means. It's that I can tell that there's something missing and I can't always put my finger on it, but it probably means I need to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I often feel actually is that, like sometimes, you know, like you were saying earlier, um, oh, I don't know if I can justify doing this, you know, because it does cost money to leave the house normally. <laughs> it's yeah, a weird thing to say. <laughs> Here's pay your exit fee here. Um, but, you know, if you're yeah. the, you know if you're travelling to somewhere, if you're going to a coffee shop or a co-working space or even like a museum or anything, generally it costs money to go and and go to a networking event or, or something and meet other people. If you're going to somewhere where you're going to interact with other people, there's probably a charge to be there. So it can be really tempting to go, okay, well, I'm trying to save money, you know, I'm on a bit of a budget, I'm trying to, like, 
you know make sure I'm not spending too much so I'm or it's time. More, it's time. It's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've definitely found if I've had a couple of days in a row where I've been feeling a bit meh, then actually just saying, right, I'm going to spend 25 quid to go and go somewhere because I know that I'll probably make much more money by getting myself out of the house and into the company of other people oh yeah compared to actually just staying at home oh god it's a false economy sometimes it is if i lose productivity over like over the space of a week then you know i might lose it with half a day a day well how much money could i make in half a day yeah (laughs) a lot more than i'd probably lose so going out and that's not even including the networking opportunities that you might end up with if you exactly but it's hard to think that way when you're you're in a bit of a slump and it's an interesting one as well i often take myself out for a walk to to change uh, you know just physically get a bit more um, invigorated I suppose and I've also noticed a real difference between walking around my earphones in listening to music which does improve my mood or listening to podcast although you should totally do that um, <laughs> but but also when you walk around without any earphones in or without looking at your phone and actually just allowing that you know I'm, I'm not going all mindfulness on you but there is something about that experience of hearing the sounds seeing the sights and you do tune in to other people's con- conversations and you do feel a little bit more connected when you have the earphones out so there's something about not being distracted there is something about being with people even in a crowd that's uh, really beneficial for you and I think I'm I'm definitely super millennial in that I need constantly entertaining. So, <laughs> although I'm, I missed out being a millennial by like four days. So. Yeah, four days. That's very specific. Like, as far as I know, people can't agree when the millennials start. Based on one of them. But I'm millennial in spirit. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that doesn't really like just to sit alone quietly. I, you know, I like to have an input. I like to have a distraction. And actually, I think that's probably something around you know that it's if you were to get more comfortable with or if I were to get more comfortable with sitting by myself at home in quiet actually maybe the isolation wouldn't affect me quite so much when it if I can't get out and about if I'm used to being on my own maybe I would be a bit more self-sufficient in that sense I don't know I just wonder sometimes if if I if I need to always be better at just being alone and quiet and having that time to reflect or whatever but I'm rubbish at mindfulness yeah <laughs> I'm noisy I think, and fidgety I think we always I think we do need that connection with other people like I say even if for you it's just one or two people yeah uh, rather than a crowd but I think we all need it I think that's slightly different to being comfortable in your own company and having the ability to reflect I think both things are probably quite good I think you need the people but you should if that's something that's distracting you you should, you should probably get practice a little bit yeah yeah being able to reflect <laughs> so let, let's have a look then but what can we what can we do about it um so Kate any any suggestions from you well I think like what you were saying about you know what is it is it one or two people that you need is it a group you know so so actually I I really love being in a group situation whereas for one of my friends she hates it she she finds it really overwhelming and it stresses her out so actually that's going to make her feel worse rather than better so I think it's about knowing um you know what where you get your energy from and I know like there's a lot of um a lot of stuff on the internet about um introvert and extrovert preferences yeah. and I think sometimes there's a common mis- misconception that if you're shy you're an introvert if you're confident you're an extrovert but actually it comes down to more where you get your energy from so extroverts get their energy from being around other people and introverts get their energy from being alone but it's not black and white it's just 
you know, you know it's, it's, a, it's a scale some people will really really need to be around other people to get that energy so I think identifying what makes you feel energized and what makes you feel drained in terms of isolation and being with other people so if you have quite introvert tendencies you're probably not going to need to go and spend as much time with people as someone who's got lots of extrovert tendencies but you probably will still need to do something because yeah. like you say Michelle we're like wired for connection so I think know how you work know know the times of day even that you when it, that it affects you the most and and identify that and plan ahead as well so if you can see in your calendar that you've got like you say you know you could look ahead to say right okay I know I've got four days working at home in a row so I need to plan something for the middle of that to break up those two days and actually be a bit proactive in managing your isolation um, so I think that's one thing that you can do yeah. in terms of the mindset. I think you're quite right. And you're so right, just knowing yourself as well, knowing you say, knowing how many days, knowing how much interaction, and also the type of work that you do. So if you're having to do creative work, I could definitely do with speaking to people. If it's a very specific uh, transactional task, then it's probably best I'm on my own and I just crack on. You mentioned introversion, extroversion. I think that you're absolutely right. It's where you get your energy from. So you can be quite outgoing and still be an introvert or introversion preference the correct term you can be um you know you could be really quite quiet but still actually be uh, have an extroversion preference like you need other people for that creativity it's not about being the life and soul of the party and i think that's that's really key what's interesting is that when i when i do training sessions with people on this they um I was speaking to one guy who he says, look, I've got an introversion preference. I don't really like to be around people. I'm very reflective and I like to work on my own. But interestingly, since his company shifted him from having uh, an office space to hot desking and working from home a lot, he feels isolated. And he was saying, well, actually, look, this is my preference to work on my own in my own space, but I still feel isolated. I still feel that I'm left out of conversations within the company, that I'm not, I'm missing the relationships with my colleagues. I don't want to spend loads of time with them, but I do feel them missing out. So we tell ourselves we hate people <laughs> is a good one, <laughs> or that we are in, we have an introversion preference, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to feel isolated when you're just on your own. And so one of the things I was saying to him is, um, reach out to people start having those connections with people if it's just one line in an email that says hi how are you before you get down to business or you ask after the person or their family or their interests that can really help or I said when you pick up the phone the first line should just be hi how are you and ask after the person on the phone um it doesn't have to be a deep and meaningful just you know, how was your weekend if it's a Monday or looking forward to the weekend if it's a Friday? If you know they've been in a big meeting or had a stressful time, oh, hey, how did that go before you get down to business? And it's like, but I can't start doing it. And they say, well, no, you people are going to think you're weird if you've never done it before and you start, start <laughs> doing it. But start that process and what you'll find that becomes second nature and I do it all the time with with people I work with and actually that means we know about each other and we care about each other and it's just a little thing but yeah. it really helps and I think that's really relevant to freelancing and you know you hear things like you know you are your brand and people buy from people I'm air quoting um <laughs> it doesn't work on podcasts <laughs> Well, when we're really, really rich, we can do the YouTube version too, although my hair is a state. So we just need a little sound, like a little jingle. Ding, ding. <laughs> Good time. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, there's all these kind of cliches around the kind of relationship side of it, but it's actually, you know, they're there for a reason. And having that, that relationship with people that goes beyond just the business basics, I think, as well, 
helps to form those more meaningful bonds and probably means that you can feel more comfortable talking about the isolation that you're feeling to those people if you've already talked about things that are not just the you know admin and business stuff you'll you'll it'll it'll seem less weird if you've already got that kind of baseline relationship with that person yeah definitely um, and i do think actually talking about isolation to other people helps because i think we we all have a tendency to think that we're the only ones going through something and hopefully through this podcast we are sort of illuminating the fact that that isn't true for many of the problems that we face as freelancers but I think probably you think oh you know I feel really stupid that I'm feeling so isolated I should be able to just get on with it and actually if you talk to other people they're probably feeling exactly the same way and that's one of the main reasons that people come to the freelance folk co-working sessions when when I say you know oh you know what brought you here sometimes it's just wanting to meet new people but a lot of the time it's that oh yeah I was just going a bit mad at home and I needed to get out and find some people to talk to and so I think that is that it is quite a common thing but people don't always talk about it and so then you feel a bit embarrassed about it so yeah we should be talking about it more and give yourself permission to do it as well I think if you um just say to people look I'm just going a bit I've got a bit cabin fever I'm going stir crazy here just just want to chat then just tell people I just want to chat and yeah. then and then you don't have to feel bad you're taking up their time uh, but just find people whether it's family or friends or other free freelancers just just find people who are happy and like you say you're not the only one going through it so some people might be super busy and happy but there, you will find people that will go oh yeah me too let's, yeah. let's have a coffee yeah. one time so it's definitely worth it and um, even if people are really busy and they don't they can't meet you that particular week it's not a rejection of you you know that it's don't don't feel too disheartened if you're if you're trying to meet someone and they're like oh, actually i just can't make it like that that is not a reflection of not wanting to meet up with you it's just that they probably are genuinely busy yeah so you know do keep going and try and find find a way to like you say make those connections and i think a lot of it is a bit of experiment to find the right people for you we talked about finding your tribe earlier yeah again with the air quotes um and actually you know for me i went to quite a few business networks and none of them were quite right i didn't i felt drained after being around those people so it's not it's finding like say the meaningful connections and just go and find try try it you know go and meet up go on eventbrite go and have a look at what events are happening you know or even just going and sitting in a cafe and finding which one seems has the right kind of the atmosphere for you as well because i think sometimes yes talking to people helps but actually even just having something like more of an atmosphere can make you feel less isolated like i know you michelle listen to is it brain, brain fm, FM? yeah i tried white noise apps like which have coffee sounds it's not the same thing where the coffee shop sounds whereas but i think if something like brain fm is actually uh, helps stimulate you so i'm losing productivity because of that right something like brain fm there's other apps that do the same they use white noise to help do it and i think for me that's the other thing i think get creative so i think the first thing yeah definitely know yourself know what when the warning signs are recognize what you're feeling david rock also says label your feelings as well he said just naming it can help so if you go yeah okay this is me feeling isolated that will help know how much interaction you need who from and when but the other thing is get creative so um i've tried all the things i wrote a blog about this you know how it affects your productivity so go to a coffee shop or go to a co-working space or a library or an inspirational you know inspirational building go for a walk just chat to the shopkeeper if, if that's it or ring someone up or have a group with an alert system where one of you is feeling a bit down um there's all sorts of things you can do so just be really creative about how you get that with that done 
Um, we could probably just come up with some some practical ones as well. So yeah, let's let's touch on that. What are some of the what are some of our top tips then, Kate? What things have you tried? I think for me, um, just yeah, I think it comes back to find finding the right group of people. Um, I I actually still I I I'm terrible for talking to coffee shop owners and 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 um, small business owners of where I'm working. Um, so actually, what that that was one of the kind of unexpected side effects of my first foray into trying to go and talk to people. The freelancers in the cafe did not want to talk to me, but I because I was going to these places quite often, I ended up talking to the, the shop owners or the coffee shop owners or whatever a bit more. And actually that's ended up getting me some, some business because they needed a website. Uh, so that was a quite a nice side effect. But I think just even like, you know, I feel a bit, some of the places I go, I feel a bit like, you know, in Cheers, where everybody knows your name yeah, and whatever yeah, yeah. that. But you know, there's a place in in the, in northern in the northern quarter in Manchester where I go into, um, and like when I walk in, if they've run out of decaf coffee, literally I'll walk in and they'll go, oh no, sorry, we haven't got any decaf coffee because they know my order and, you know, they'll, or they'll be like, it's, it's, it's shop shop, which is S-I-O-P and then shop. So it's the Welsh for shop and then shop and they do the most amazing donuts and it's my, my, my Friday morning guilty pleasure before freelance folk and like, I'll go in and they'll say oh sorry we haven't got any chocolate donuts ready yet because they know I'm obsessed <laughs> with the chocolate ones and I think actually just even stuff like that makes a difference and makes you feel like say connected and and that 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 sort of just a bit of a, a laugh and a joke about things I think humor is a big thing for me so finding people I can laugh with and not going to the really serious networks where it's very kind of corporate and yeah you, you don't know. really feel connected there people no. swap business cards but you're not really finding out about each other no so I think you know for a lot of people they do end up working in in kind of co-working spaces or or going along to kind of pop-up sessions like freelance folk um I think a co-working space can be really good um and yeah it does kind of get you that interaction but I'd say if you're thinking of going for a co-working space have a chat with them first and see what they do to encourage the interaction because I have also seen co-working spaces where it's literally you're just it's just office you're space. paying for the convenience of sharing the costs and you've got a desk there yeah. and everybody's there focused on their own work and there's not really that much interaction and I think it does need a bit of facilitation to nudge people away from their work and you know encourage them because people like you said earlier see it as a bit of a luxury or they haven't got time for a silly lunch meeting or anything yeah. like that so it does need someone to facilitate it and encourage it so people can start to see the benefits and of it and who else is there as well with the people that it's yeah know. yeah and a lot of places will let you do like a free day or whatever to try and you know or a pay as you go option to, to to let you try out the space first and see if it's the kind of people that you gel with yeah. Um, what other practical tips are there? Well, I've mentioned things like um, I said something like Brain FM. So understand your needs. I think is the big one. Understand what the warning signs of being isolated look like for you, and know when you need to get out of it, and then recognise what you need. If you can't get out and about, and it's affecting your productivity, then I'd say yeah, there's apps you can use to stimulate your brainwaves and help uh, with things like that. Uh, that gets you switched on and focused, so you don't end up in a slump, feeling like you're not productive. Um, I would also say just yeah. Create, a, create that group, that support group, ask for you know, permission to, to have a wine when you're having a bit of a downer and, and pick up the phone. And I think that would be the thing. The thing that you least feel like doing is the thing that you need to do most for your well-being. Yeah. And you probably don't want to go to that meeting or pick up the phone 
but you think, oh, when I feel better, I'll do it. And my suggestion is do it and then you'll feel better. <laughs> that is so true. I definitely do that. And you, you have to push through the discomfort, but then it's so much better at the end. And of course, it's a positive cycle because the more you do it, the more good experiences you have of it and therefore the better you come. It's taken, it took me months like to get the hang of it, but definitely that's helped. I'd also say, yeah, go for walks. You talked about cafes where people know your, your name. So if there's somewhere you go, a library, a shop, a cafe, um, it's really weird. Like the first time I asked somebody who worked in a cafe their name, um, I felt a bit of a weirdo, but it went down really well. I just went, Joe, I've been coming in here regularly for weeks or months. It's like, I never, I don't feel bad that I don't know your name. My name's Michelle, what's your name? And uh, and they just told me. And so then we used each other's names whenever we came in. And even just something small like that, it's like, oh, someone cares if I live or die. <laughs> if I go in, someone knows who I am. And like you say, it, it does become like cheers, but that happens through through doing things, by being bold and taking that step. I think consistency with that one works as well. So um, you can go out and meet lots of people all over the place, but there is something um, something really important, I think, to people of consistency, seeing the same faces. Like I say, knowing, knowing someone knows if you live or die. When I lived in Stockport to begin with, um, I didn't really know anyone and I did ta- you know, and I went to Manchester for work every single day saw people saw colleagues every day but like if, you know if letters got left stuffed in my letterbox for a week on end and I was perishing on the inside if me and my <laughs> wife had had some hor- horrific accident um, no one would know for months no one would know and I felt really it was a really dark thought so clearly I was struggling um, but you know yeah, just to know that there's people there consistently yeah. who care and I think that's different as well um, I think you've got online communities which can be really useful my suggestion there is if you're connecting online but not really still feeling isolated I would suggest maybe take some of those relationships offline just a phone call or a Skype I've done that with some people sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but you can always meet for coffee in a safe public space of course but if there's someone there you're really getting on with why not video call why not meet face to face go for a pint yeah um, I think it feels so awkward sometimes sort of broaching that like like um, do you want to meet for coffee yeah well, <laughs> like someone I know through freelance folk like that you know get on with really well and I, and I remember she was suggesting that we could like go for a drink or something and and she said I feel really weird I feel like I'm asking you on a date <laughs> and because it's that slightly awkward like are they going to say yes are they going to want to be my friend <laughs> like is it going to be okay like are they going to think that I'm over friendly like, and I definitely have that with people as well I really related to what she said because that's that sort of like oh you know I don't like I don't want to make a fool of myself and, and they might gonna be you know they might say oh no I'd never want to have a coffee with you yeah and, and I think there's that fear again almost that imposter syndrome I suppose or whatever coming back in that lack of confidence um so I think it can be quite hard to change that relationship but it sounds like it's going to be worth it if it works out yeah absolutely and you can always just say look uh, there's no particular purpose to the meeting i just i thought it'd be good to swap ideas have a chat um see if there's any way we can help each other if not it's fine but it's not always always nice to meet and then that way if they do if they're they're in that mindset where they're only meeting people for a specific business outcome they can always brush you off and go i haven't got time yeah and then we both get to leave with our egos (laughs) intact which is the only thing that really matters Definitely. There we go. Well, there's quite it's quite a lot there. So if you had to pick one thing from all the things we've discussed and say, what what is your big takeaway from today's podcast? Do you think? Um, do you know? I think it's probably changed since the start of the podcast. Because at the start of the podcast, I would probably have said, just go and find the people that make you feel good. You know, go and find your tribe and do it. But actually, I think having now had this conversation, 
I would probably say know yourself and reflect and and do that first before you then go out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think yeah. Have if you have a really good day, kind of make a note of what happened on that bottle really it. good day. B- bottle like, the, the, like distill down yeah. what happened. Yeah, and, and like likewise, if you've had a bad day, what and maybe even just try and build up a pattern of that over time, so you can start to understand what how you work. I think understand how you work first before you then go out and interact with others because I think that will give you a good foundation what about yeah. you I think what you've just said so I'll add to that and say once <laughs> you've done that which I think you're right it is a very personal and individual thing I think the other thing I would add so once you've done that I would say um do something yeah. it doesn't really matter just just do something so as I say don't wait to feel great about it then do it I would say do something and then you're more likely to feel feel better it doesn't really matter small actions if it is just that one you know bit of personal conversation with a with a stakeholder or a client if it's just that picking up the phone to someone and saying oh i'm having a bit of a, a wobble today can i chat if just one just do it our phones are just going to be ringing after this episode goes out everyone's gonna be like hey so you know that thing when you said you want to just have a chat <laughs> i'll have a chat to people i always, I always do i hope they are <laughs> Cool. Well, I think we've pretty much covered a lot of the uh, content for isolation today. Um, so remember, you can say hello to me, Katie, on Twitter at The Wheel Exists. Or you can say hello to me, Michelle, at Dive Deep Dep, D-E-V-P. It's one word there. If you've got a problem uh, or an idea as well and you'd like to discuss. So if there's anything you want us to cover, let us know and we're happy to add it to our list. And make sure to catch our upcoming episodes. So subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts or check out the Freelance Folk website, which now has a link to this podcast as well. It's really good. Well, look, that's all from now, everybody. We're really looking forward to uh, talking about some more interesting freelance topics in the future. But for now, we'll see you next time on 99 Problems, but a boss ain't one.